Welcome to the Productive Introvert Community Podcast, helping ambitious introverts who feel deep down that they can add more value to the world to really thrive in their work. I'm Mariela Franker, and I'll be sharing what I'm learning as an introverted entrepreneur, a natural productivity coach, and a mom while I build my business online and take care of my family and myself. In this podcast, you'll learn the mindset and the practical steps to naturally increase the impact of your work while making space for your unique strengths as an introvert. This episode is all about what it does it actually mean to be introverted. We're going to talk about some of the misconceptions around introversion and also some of the well, one really, really powerful trait that we have. So I've written a free ebook that has 10 powerful traits of introverts. And I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to pick that up and know more about that. But today we're starting with the pink elephant. Because <laughs> this is the first official episode of the podcast. And I am really excited to record this one. And I was trying not to make too big of a deal about choosing this first topic. You know, obviously, I tend to overthink things sometimes. And with that, I mean, I think things through thoroughly and double and triple check them, obviously. But choosing um, today's topic. I, I, it was natural to start here because I like to start with the pink elephant. Yeah, sometimes we think we're talking about the same thing and then like halfway through the process, we realize that we weren't. We can avoid a lot of misunderstandings when we just check our basis. So that's one thing. And the other reason for picking this topic is that I get a lot of questions about this. There are so many misconceptions around introversion. So we're not going to talk about all of them in depth because, you know, we can go on and on. We'll probably revisit some of them in, the, in future episodes. And about these misconceptions, there are things that people have written to me that they're well, accused of as introverts, so to speak. So I made a little list of them here. The biggest one is shy. All introverts are shy. That we don't like people. Socially anxious, bad leaders. Mm. That one's deep rooted in some of uh, some of us, myself included, in the past. We're not ambitious. Not very ambitious. No. Indecisive. Mm. Always overthinking. Not confident. Really. Um, antisocial. Yikes. Introversion is something that we need to overcome. You know, it's, a, it's something that limits us. And uh, if we could just change that about us, we'd be golden. Some introverts, uh, some people also tell me that they are perceived as rude or aloof and standoffish. And uh, some people think that, oh, you're introverted, so you must be lonely or kind of fearful, right, of, of the outside world. So these are some of the things that people have written to me that they've been told. And I don't know if you recognize any of these. Let me know, send me a message if, if you've heard some of these things. We're going to talk a little bit about the history around the term introversion. And I hope that that will put some of these things a bit into context for you. I'm going to preface this by saying that I was... 
a little unhappy. Let's say I was very unhappy, okay? I was a little pissed about some of the things that I found in my research. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it for you because I really do believe that knowledge is power. And the more that you understand about yourself, and about the context that you're living in and that other people are living in, the easier it is to make choices that fit you and that can help you to, to design a life that will allow you to really thrive, but in your own way, you know? So when I started researching this topic a little more in depth, my research is not complete, okay? Let me just put that out there. I haven't read all the books and all the articles about this. I've only skimmed the surface over the past couple of years that I've been researching and thinking about this topic. But I'm gonna share with you what I found so far. So what does it mean to be an introvert? Introversion is a character trait. If you've ever done a personality test, something like Myers-Briggs or a DISC personality assessment, introversion is one of the traits that's included in these tests. And this and all other, all of your other traits, they represent your personality. But the word introversion, it wasn't always used to describe a personality trait. So as far as I know, the first person to describe introversion as a character trait was Carl Jung. And he wrote a paper in the 1920s. And that's really not that long ago. It's 2022 now. So the idea of introversion being a character trait, it's about maybe 100 years old. So in the time of your grandmother, your introversion didn't exist the way we talk about it now. So Carl Jung, he is considered to be the grandfather of analytical psychology, and he used the term introversion as one of the parameters that he analyzed in his psychology studies. And he described an introvert as someone who's generally more interested in his internal world. And he put it opposite extroversion, which he defined as someone who's generally more interested in the outside world. He also described that the same person can have both traits. So it can be introverted or extroverted, depending on the situation. Before Carl Jung, the term introvert was used in a very different way. It was used to describe a state of being, but it was often linked to disease. So for example, people who are depressed become introverted. They turn into themselves and um, they kind of shut themselves off from social interaction. And that's how introversion was described before the work of Carl Jung. Now you can already kind of see where some of the misconceptions that we still have today, right? Where those came from. The Meyer Briggs personality test is one, one of the most popular personality tests. It was this inspired by Carl Jung's work, invented by two women, called Catherine Briggs and her daughter, Isabel Briggs Myers in the mid 20th century. And then in 2012, Susan Cain came out with her book, Quiet, The Quiet Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. So her book was kind of the start of a new movement, if you will, where introverts start kind of fighting the old ideas, and we're now starting to embrace the power of our quiet nature more and more. So this is a little bit about the history and the evolution around the term introvert. 
And as you can see, it's not very surprising that there are still a lot of misconceptions about what it means to be an introvert. But the story doesn't, doesn't completely end there because the thing that shocked me the most when um, I was doing my research is that when you look up the word introvert in a dictionary, like if you get a dictionary right now or you go online and you, you search for that term, it is very likely that you'll find an official definition of introversion to be a shy person. This was first brought to my attention by someone uh, in a group that I was a member of, and I thought, this cannot be true. So I looked in every single dictionary I could get my hands on. I had some hard copy ones at home. I looked up in online dictionaries. And yes, I think maybe eight out of the 10 dictionaries that I looked up had that definition included. So the next time someone says to you, oh, you're an introvert, so that must mean you're shy. Officially, they're right. <laughs> which is mind-boggling, right? In my opinion, we are in need of an update, people. So, because this is the biggest misconception about introversion, that we are all shy. And let's talk about that. So, if you look at the root of shyness, it actually stems from low self-esteem. Usually when you've had negative experiences, in your childhood or growing up, especially around social interactions, it can lead to a low self-esteem and it can cause us to shy away from other people and from social interactions because it's based in fear. We're afraid of having that same negative experience that we had, so we avoid it. It's one of our, like, our protection mechanisms that we have. This is very normal uh, way of dealing with rejection and, and fear because we're very social beings but it doesn't really have anything to do with being introverted. Extroverted people who have negative experiences can also become shy and feel uncomfortable around people and avoid social interactions. In extreme forms, shyness can lead to social anxiety. Uh, I've dealt with social anxiety myself and for a long time, I thought it was linked to my quiet nature, to me being an introvert. Another reason why, aside from the official definition, why introversion and shyness are linked is because it's, it can also be projected on you. For example, when you're being told that you're shy, this is something that I experienced when I was growing up. And I see it with my son today. Like just last week, we were at a party and my son, he's three years old now, you know, he was hiding behind me kind of playfully, um, ducking away when uh, someone was looking at him. And then someone said, oh, are you shy? So when you hear something like that all the time, you internalize it and you think, oh, because I'm quiet, I don't necessarily always want to interact with people. Oh, that must mean I'm shy. And introverts get this projected on them often from a very young age. We hear that we need to change things about ourselves all the time. And that is what will help us to be successful or our quiet, subdued nature isn't very valued. And we hear we need to come out of our shell more and be more assertive, be more present um, and more visible. And that will kind of increase our value as a person. It sounds quite blunt when you say it like that. 
Interestingly, there's a cultural aspect here too, because in the Western world, so although I'm half Chinese, I was brought up in Western culture. And in the Western world, the ideal is an extroverted character, you know, someone who is very decisive, quick action takers, great talker, smooth talker, maybe even charismatic people, you know, someone people can look up to and who they want to be around all the time. And yeah, if people want to be around you all the time, almost by definition, you want to, you need to want to be around them too, right? <laughs> so that's kind of the ideal that we have in our Western world and that we think the qualities we need to be great leaders or that we need to have an impact on the world. Interestingly, in Eastern society, the idea is more towards an introverted character. So someone who is a bit more subdued, who doesn't put himself on the foreground too much, humble, and who leads, but from a more quiet, supporting role. So it's interesting to notice that those differences are for a large part defined by the social structures uh, that we live by. Okay, so that was a lot about misconceptions. I wanted to spend quite some time on that because it's something that a lot of people don't understand. And we still just scratch the surface, okay? There's a lot more we can, we can talk about uh, and we'll touch on it in, in future episodes. But maybe you're thinking, okay, Mariela, you're going on and on about the misconceptions, but you haven't even told me what an introvert really is. Okay, the easiest way to explain this is to kind of put it opposite an extrovert. So the main difference between an introvert and an extrovert is in the way that we process the world. And then by extension, the way that we make decisions and the way that we communicate to the world. So introverts process the world basically through observation and self-reflection. Like when an introvert enters a new situation, he's in information gathering mode and he will observe and just let things come to him. Then he'll go away and think about it, reflect on it. And it's through this reflection that he formulates his thoughts and ideas. Sometimes it can feel like this goes on forever. If you've ever noticed that you think about a conversation that you had with someone like three weeks ago and you run down that conversation word for word, that is your self-reflection process in action, okay? So let's look at the other side. So an extrovert. Extroverts usually formulate their thoughts while speaking. So when an extrovert enters a new situation, he'll immediately engage in the conversation. And it's through that conversation and that interaction with the outside world that he formulates his thoughts and ideas. So this, this is quite a big difference, right? And there are more things to talk about around that, like the decision-making process and the, the um, communication styles. I won't go into that in this episode. We can talk about that in another one. But because these are so different, it's one of the reasons why a lot of introverts, especially when we compare ourselves to a more extroverted person, we feel like we are less capable or that we overthink things all the time. Because this self-reflection process is something that most introverts naturally do. Whether we want to or not, it will happen. And sometimes it feels like a barrier to taking action. But your self-reflection process is one of the most powerful traits. You can read a little bit more about it and 10 other 
are nine other traits that are unseen but very powerful that introverts have in the free ebook that I'm going to put the, the link in the show notes. So don't underestimate how powerful this process is when you make space for it. Yeah, because that's the challenge for us. How do you make space for your self-reflection process? Through quiet time. So you've probably heard about quiet time. You're probably not getting enough of it. Because <laughs> quiet time is something that a lot of introverts struggle with. It is hard to come by, especially in uh, our world right now, where we're always connected with each other. We're always interacting through WhatsApp, through Facebook, through Messenger, through YouTube, all of the things. And we are always on. We're always considered to be on, or we expect that of ourselves. And we often think that quiet time is a luxury that we can't afford. And I can assure you, when you really understand the process, the natural process of an introvert, you realize that quiet time is not a luxury. It's a physiological need. Because it's during quiet time that you process all of those details that you've taken up from your environment. It's when you go through your self-reflection process. And that's a very essential part of your natural process as an introvert. When you don't have enough quiet time, you can drain your energy. That reflection process is going to happen, you know, if you have quiet time or not. But if you don't make space for it, um, it's going to happen while you're working. You're going to unintentionally multitask or it's going to happen in your sleep. That's something that used to happen to me before I understood my natural process. I used to have very vivid dreams, but they were so vivid that they would kind of keep me awake. And I would wake up a few times in the night with thoughts because my brain was basically on overdrive trying to process all the things that I experienced during the day and I never had time during the day to process so the quality of my sleep also suffered so quiet time is not a luxury it's a physiological need for introverts and don't underestimate the level of detail that you're taking in just on a day-to-day -day basis the specific details that you take in that depends on your personal process. So the natural way that you personally solve problems, it's unique and it's beautiful. And uh, it's one of the things that I help my clients discover their natural way uh, of solving problems and their individual process. But if I would describe it in a general way, there's certain things that jump out at you and certain questions that come up for you. And those are hints to the natural way that you solve problems. And I'll give you one example. Some people have a natural eye for how things should be organized efficiently. And then when they look at the setup of a table at an event or something, they know immediately how to organize it in such a way that it's most efficient for the user. Maybe I'll give you another one because there's, there, it's not all about organization. Just because I'm a productivity coach doesn't mean we all have to be super highly organized. Another example is that some people can come into a room and just by kind of the energy in the space, they can have a feel of the different relationships between the people. Sometimes and most of the time without consciously thinking about it. So I want to spend one minute to just take one step back because of course, this is something that people also ask me, like, why do you focus only on introverts? It seems like you're oversimplifying things or putting a single label on people. So it's not my intention to label anyone. 
And you are, of course, not defined by a single trait. There's no 100%. No one is 100% introverted or extroverted. We're usually a mix of the two. And there are many, many more things that make up your personality aside from being introverted or extroverted. The reason why I choose to talk about introversion and extroversion in these terms is because I've seen that because these natural processes are so different, when you know this about yourself, it becomes so much easier to settle into your natural process. When you let go of the idea that something's wrong with you, because nothing's wrong with you, your process, it is unique. It's valuable. It's beautiful when you can support it. The only thing you need to do is to make space for it. When you realize or when you discover your natural process, things become almost effortless. I'm not going to say all the time, of course, life will happen. <laughs> but the more you lean into it, the more natural it becomes and the more easy it becomes. And it's, it sounds like a fairy tale sometimes um, when I tell people about it before they've experienced it. The people that join my programs, especially the private coaching, there's this magical moment after first session when you just see the release and this opening up, like, oh my God, I did not realize what it means. And it's when they kind of gain insight in their natural process and connect with it. When you know that, you can choose a productivity tools, you can choose the work environment, even the habits that support your natural process. And you can be so much more effective in less time and it increases your impact without feeling like a struggle. Okay, so I hope that was helpful. Please share this episode with one other person that you feel could benefit from this information. I would love to see more introverts making space for their natural process. And it would help out the podcast too, if you'd share it. If you have any questions or you'd like me to dive into a certain topic a bit deeper, feel free to reach out to me. Thank you. And let's talk again next week. Thank you for listening to the Productive Introvert Community Podcast. If you're an introverted entrepreneur and you're ready to thrive in your own way, then connect with me on thefrankermessage.com slash contact.